Life Audio. One of the things that I always recommend when you are starting out learning how to hear God's voice is worship. And we've spent considerable amounts of time on worship in the past. I did a whole series on worship as part of the spiritual discipline series. You can go back and listen to that. But worship and praise are ways to learn how to hear God's voice. And they set us up to be in a posture of allowing ourselves to concentrate on him. And many of the times when I have had confidence in knowing that I've heard God's voice clearly has been in moments of worship. So we're going to be talking all about worship today in Psalm 95. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are learning all about worship and we are in Psalm 95. If you're just joining us, we are going through the Psalms day by day, one Psalm at a time, in an effort to better understand this hymn book and prayer book that Jesus and the disciples both use. And my heart in that is that if it was important enough for Jesus and the disciples to not just read it, but to internalize it, to know it, to have it on the tips of their hearts and minds, it's important for us too. It it gives us context around how they were thinking and praying and worshiping. As we go through the Psalms, there are some extra ways that you can use this material to help bring you closer to the Lord. One of those ways is through journaling. Every Monday, I send out a newsletter that has our free journaling prompts. There's a journaling prompt that goes along with each episode. And then if that's for the current series. If you'd like to go back and get the journaling prompts for previous episodes, there is a book. It's only $5 if you go to shehears.com org go to the resources page it's called god beside us it's the first 50 chapters where there is a link to the audio devotional there's space to actually journal and write along with the journaling question and a key verse and again it's just a resource to help you process some of the information we're learning i don't want to take the place of your bible reading but rather to supplement it and so there's lots of other resources you can check out when you're on that page there's also a free devotional download for you and Bibles and um, Bible reading trackers and all those things. But really my heart is that you would find some of those resources to be beneficial in your quest to hear God's voice more clearly. We know that the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. So that's why we're spending time in the Psalms. So I'm reading from the NIV, starting at verse one of Psalm 95. 
Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are his the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest." So Psalm 95 begins with a hymn that's really setting the tone for what we can understand as like a festive occasion. So um, there's a lot of joy there. This beginning part of the psalm indicates that they're in a posture of worship. But then in the second half of the psalm, there's an admonition. And that really grows out of this idea of... um, referring back to the wilderness generation. So if you remember back to when the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, remember they wandered for 40 years. The reason why they were not allowed to enter the promised land was because of sin in that generation. And it wasn't until that generation died off, that first generation died off until the second generation was able to enter the promised land. And so many think, many scholars think that this Psalm was written on the verge of the return from the Babylonian exile. And this new generation, much like the disobedient wilderness generation, they needed to learn from the past that disobedience would prevent them from entering the promised land or um, the, and that promised land can represent a lot of different things like rest or um, it had prevented their ancestors from rest or like hearing God's voice or understanding the fullness of God's plan for themselves. That obedience would be the, the one factor that would prevent them having peace, all those things. So two generations are paralleled and you know, very clearly we see that. And then the psalmist is using this prophetic voice and issuing a warning. I think that's powerful. It's powerful for them. And it's also powerful for us. So I want to make sure that we don't miss that. Overall, though, this psalm really challenges us to make sure that our worship and our praise, which what our worship and praise, we spent a lot of time talking about praise the other day, and we spent lots of time talking about worship in the past. Worship and praise, which are our outward expressions of the way that we're honoring God and God's worthiness, they, the warning is that they should be coming from this place of a pure heart and lives that are seeking to be obedient to God. Now, does that mean that we're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. We're human and God knows that we're human and we're going to mess up. That's why there is the provision for Jesus in the first place, because he knew we were going to mess up, but we should be seeking to live lives that are obedient to God. It's not that we're going to be perfect at it, but we should have that as our goal. What it's doing in this Psalm is describing Israel's rebellion. And that comes in the form of the desert And that example can be that essentially anyone who fails to be obedient to God in some measure is going to fail to receive what God has promised. And I think sometimes we get 
or I guess maybe we don't get, but we over, it's an oversight of ours when we are not receiving the promises of God, the things that, that God has promised either in his word or to us personally. But yet we forget that, that there's maybe some obedient disobedience in our lives. And I think there's a connection there. Obviously, are, the promises of God are, are true, but there will be a division or a disconnect when we're not being obedient to what he's called us to do. So if God has called me to live a faithful life with my spouse, and we're going to grow together in our relationship with the Lord, with our relationship with, the, with each other, have peace in our household, all of those things, and one of us is unfaithful to each other, that's obviously going to disrupt the way that God had originally intended that relationship to be. And so that promise of maybe a peaceful life together that, uh, you know, as we serve God together and what that can produce, that promise is going to be disrupted by my disobedience. I think we forget that we play a part in those unfulfilled promises. I don't want to miss that. And then also wrong motives, wrong motives and even wrong desires that can turn in our minds what is right by God's standard. And so sometimes you'll see, even in situations like in ministry or in churches, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, maybe somebody, a ministry leader, a pastor or something, and this doesn't have to be mega churches. This happens within the local church as well. Um, you know, they start out with good intentions, but then it becomes more about building a platform and building you know, their brand than it does about building the kingdom. And so even though it started off the right way, that wrong motive or that wrong desire, it's taking them away from what's what's right in God's eyes and what God's standard is and what, what God's expectation is. So I think those are all things that we kind of see as the, the overlying theme of this psalm. And I think if we're honest, we've all been there at one point or another. The human temptation is to have a perversion of the desire or the motive, even if we start out with good intention. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world full of temptation and sin. And I think it's really important that we make sure that we catch ourselves and then also have some accountability. Because, you know, in many of those situations, like what I just mentioned, I wonder if we would have seen things differently if there was good accountability for those leaders and, and they weren't allowed to go as far as they did. I think we're going to pause here for a minute and when we come back, we'll get into the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. So I want to go ahead now to down to verse 7 and I'm going to actually read 7 through 11. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me, though they did, they had seen what I did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath on my anger. They shall never enter my rest. That again is referring to that wilderness generation. And so the New Testament takes these verses and applies this section to essentially those who would respond to the message of Jesus and follow him. And so in that case, that word rest when it's talking about if you hear his voice, that word rest mentioned in verse 11 is no longer Canaan, meaning the promised land, but that is likening it to our own spiritual salvation, which comes through this personal relationship with Jesus. So when it says in verse 11, 
I declared an oath on my anger, they shall never enter my rest. That's looking at where we're at now, that rest idea in response to our obedience or disobedience to what God has called us to do. In verse 8, specifically, it says, do not harden your hearts. And so those who are worshiping and praising the Lord must not just do that, like it's not just lip service, but it's learning to hear and obey God's voice. And sometimes that happens in moments of worship. Sometimes it happens in moments of, of reading the scriptures, or sometimes it's the Holy Spirit just gives you a word. But as believers, if we are leaning into this idea of, of not just hearing God's voice, but obeying God's voice, then we have to respond and do what he's telling us to do, both in his word and not without the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You know, if we if we just take isolated Bible verses and, you know, something, for example, like an eye for an eye, and we start plucking our own eyeball out or plucking other people's eyeballs out, that is not being prompted by the Holy Spirit. That is a misreading of that that chunk of scripture. And so you have to do it within the context of God's word. So that's part of the danger of reading out of context. You want to read what's before it. You want to read what's after it. You want to look at the genre. Was this um, an allegory? Was this a letter? What was it? So you want to read within the context of scripture. But you want to be prayerfully considering what God is telling you to do with the prompting of the Holy Spirit as part of that process. And then... If we resist God or ref- refuse to act on what he's telling us to do, what happens is there's a hardening of the heart. And this is what uh, one caution I want to make. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. I can't take credit to that phrase. A, a friend of mine that's a pastor says that, but that's so true in my life. When I know that God has told me to do something and I don't do it, it's disobedience. And it's not that I don't want to do it or I'm not going to do it eventually or not, I'm not thinking about doing it. Maybe maybe I'm not doing it because of fear. Maybe I'm not doing it because of finances. Maybe I'm not doing it because um, I, I don't think the timing's right. If God has told us to do something and it's confirmed by the Holy Spirit, it's confirmed in his word, and we don't do it, that's the very definition of disobedience. If we continue to ignore that voice of God, what will happen is there will be this hardening of our heart so that we will be less and less sensitive to God's voice and his, his direction and even the desires that he has. And so I think there's a caution there because so many times I'll hear from women that are like, you know, I used to hear God's voice all the time. Now I don't. Well, maybe we need to examine the reasons why. Why, why do you think that you're not hearing God's voice? Is it because you keep ignoring it? You know, there's a hardening of the heart. And it's not because God hasn't, you know, continue to speak. We have his word. His word is the primary way that he speaks to us. It's not that he's not speaking. Maybe we're not listening, or maybe it's because our hearts are hardened because we have been disobedient to what he's called us to do. And, and it's not always like there is this, um, blatant sin that we can look back and recognize. Okay. Um, you know, say, say if we're using that marriage example of if one spouse is unfaithful to the other spouse, that idea, of course, that's sin. It's blatant disobedience. 
But you have to recognize that sometimes it's it's not something big like that. Maybe God is prompting you, like what we talked about yesterday, speaking out on behalf of, of the injustices around you or speaking out when you see something that's not right, that's sinful and calling it what it is and speaking out, even if it's difficult, even if there's um, a cost to, to involve involved with that. When you keep silent and God has called you to speak up and you remain silent, the hardening of heart is what's going to keep you from hearing God's voice, God's prompting the next time. Because the reality is, is he'll call somebody else to do it. He'll, you know, it's not like he's, he's only dependent on you to work. Does he want to use you? Absolutely. Do you have a unique opportunity to speak into your circle of influence? Absolutely. But if you keep ignoring him, he's going to go find somebody else to do it. And it's not that he's not talking to you, but your heart hardens when you're not obedient to what he's called you to do. In addition to that, with that hardening of heart scenario, if that continues to happen, there will eventually be discipline and judgment. Because as God calls us into um, obedience to him, think about what happened in this wilderness generation. They had to deal with the discipline of God because of his anger towards them, because they didn't listen to him. And so I think there's a big caution there for us to make sure that we are not just hearing his voice, but we are being obedient to his voice. So as we are reading this psalm, we're thinking through the idea of worship and also obedience. I think one leads to the other. I don't think it's an accident that these two are lumped together in this psalm. I think when you approach worship sincerely, like we started off saying, in a place where our hearts are pure, and we are desiring to be obedient to God. When we are in that posture of worship and and God reveals something to us or calls us to do something and ministers to us and shows us the plan that he has, maybe that is reaching out to someone specific or maybe it is having that conversation that you've been putting off or maybe it is to lean into a certain discipline that he's calling you to. Maybe it's you know more Bible reading or whatever it is. The overflow of our heart, if we are approaching worship from from a standpoint of having a pure heart and seeking to be obedient to God, it should be a natural progression where we walk into obedience and we don't delay obedience. Now, I understand fear. I mean, there's been times, I, you know, I've talked about this in the past, where God has called me to do something big, like especially going to a different country where there might be some fear there. Um, I get it. I get it. But sometimes you have to act as if you're not afraid. Fear, we talked about this last week, fear is a natural part of being human. And we're going to continue to experience fear this side of heaven. But we don't allow fear to control us. We don't allow fear to keep us from being obedient to God. What would you do if you weren't afraid? And so I think there's this natural connection that, that I, I want us to see as I go through and I read again from verse 1, Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, 
Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did at the day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Lord God, we come before you with a seriousness in our hearts. Lord, as your word says, if I hear your voice, help me not to harden my heart. Lord, the whole point of leaning into this idea of hearing Jesus, to hear your voice more clearly, is to then be obedient to what it is that you're telling us to do. It's not just about the hearing, it's about the obedience. Lord, help us not to miss that. Help with that. Help us to have that as the prayer of our hearts. Today, if we hear your voice, do not harden our hearts as we lean into what you're calling us to do. God, I pray for, for my friends right now that there's something that you are laying on their heart. Help them to be obedient quickly because we know that delayed obedience is disobedience. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for the way that you continue to reveal yourself to us throughout your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Real quick, guys, before we go, I just want to remind you that we have life coaching available or spiritual direction, whatever you're in need of. If you're needing a little one-on-one, if you feel like some of this is just foggy, you don't quite understand, if you're feeling stuck in your life, I would count it a privilege and a blessing to be able to walk alongside of you to help you resolve some of those things. You can go to shehears.org and there's a section called Work With Me where you can find out more information. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.